morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to our latest edition of a roundtable podcast. We're, we're taking the show on the road. We're like college game day here today, fellas. Uh, I am out of my comfort zone. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not out of my comfort zone. I'm back into another comfort zone. My hometown of Sheldon, Iowa, and we are. Like I said, we're the game day crew. We're, we got. Uh, I, I'm Herb Street because I'm the good looking one. Uh, uh, Jay is uh, Desmond Howard. He's the athletic one. Uh, Mason here. Uh, we know Yates is Corso because he's older than all of us. <laughs> kind of senile, not really sure what's going on anymore. Uh, who's the fourth guy? Who can Mason be? Uh, it's it's uh, Herb Street. Oh, uh, Reese Davis. Reese Davis. Yeah, the, the Rock. The, the rock of it. So, uh, but no, we are up here at uh, Langer's Bar and Grill, Cooks Cafe, uh, the lounge in, in downtown Sheldon. Uh, we're taping this on Wednesday afternoon, uh, so it's going to be a f- you know we're going to be a few days after this until uh, this drops. But I want to thank Chad uh, for hosting us here this afternoon. It's a, if, you, if you're ever in Sheldon, it's a great place to go. It's got a little bit of everything. Very very affordable. Uh, the Cook's Cafe has great breakfast. I've eaten there numerous times. Uh, Langer's Lounge, if you're looking to clog the arteries a little bit with some good fatty food, that's you know that's that's going to hit you pretty hard there. But uh, Chad's done a great job with this place, and, and so if you get a chance to, to if, if you're ever in the Northwest Iowa area, come up to, to, to Langer's uh, right off of of the old highway. 60. Highway 60, yeah. yes, the old yeah. highway. I, 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 it's been long enough. I haven't lived here. I can't remember even the street names anymore. So, uh, but uh, Kylie Yates, boys basketball coach at South O'Brien. Eric Mason, boys basketball coach for the Sheldon Orabs, the only Orabs in the universe. And Jay Skideman, uh, the head girls basketball coach at Unity Christian High School. Guys, thanks so much for coming on here today. Thanks for having us. You bet. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We got a list of things that we're going to talk about here, and we're going to kind of take it wherever we we go with it. Um, ask these guys to, to you know what do you want to talk about, and uh, mostly radio silence. Uh, so I actually had to work and kind of put some things together, but it's okay. Uh, but uh, one thing that they talked about was uh, obviously I was going to the shot clock. I was a you lucky sons of guns. Uh, in, in Nebraska, we have it, but it's just for the big schools. So your, your class A's. Um, they're going to experiment with it now i think eventually it'll trickle down into the smaller schools uh but uh uh you know you guys are getting it for all classes right yep. Yep. boys and girls yep. thoughts liking it not liking it what are you thinking eric go ahead yeah no i'm i'm excited um i just think it adds a lot more strategy um you know ex- excitement especially at the end of the game you know i think we've talked about it kylie and i've talked about it i don't know that it's going to have a big impact in the first couple quarters say for you know a possession or two here and there you know you won't see that well I, when we play south of brian we'll have to worry about kylie holding the ball with a minute left in the first quarter yeah. um, anymore but you know down the stretch you know whereas you know before you're down three you're down four with a minute and a half left you got a foul uh-huh. and now you can play it out you know uh-huh. you can rely on your defense to get you the ball back so I, i'm just excited i think there's just going to be a lot more interesting things happening down the stretch and i think you're going to see the teams that are prepared you know have an advantage uh-huh. certainly yeah mm-hmm. Jay? yeah i think i you know for us we we always play sioux falls christian every year so we uh we have an opportunity to run a little shot clock every other year so We'll, we'll do that in practice where we'll do the shot clock up, and I don't think we got under 10 any time. We're, uh-huh. we're not a patient team. 
Mm -hmm. when it comes to that so i don't know if it'll have a big effect we talked a lot about it at state looking at that um i would say every game at state at girls state uh that shot clock would have had a big effect yeah i mean there's a lot of teams that really good guard play and they held the ball at the end so it was i'm excited to see it so like, like you said, I mean, it, it's going to create some more excitement at the end of games, uh-huh. and I think that's, I think that's what I think that'll that'll be great. Yeah. Well, and I think like at the state tournament or mm-hmm. a district or you know sub-state game in, in Iowa, uh, you know, you tend to get more conservative. You know, you, it's just kind of the natural instinct. It's 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 harder to just ah just let it fly here. You know, uh, like you would in mid-January or something like that. So I, I do agree with you that in those state tournament games. Um, that it is going to force teams and coaches to have to readdress. You know, we're up four with three minutes left to go. Well, last year we would have just let our stud all-state point guard dribble this thing around for 45, 50 seconds and make them foul us and shorten the game. And now now you got to go out and execute. So, Kylie, what do you think? Well, I I think it's going to favor the teams um, that are good on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, Teams that – do a good job of really guarding people versus um, good offensive ball handling teams. We have some really long possessions, so we sure can. Uh-huh. Um, it'll change a little bit into quarter, change a little bit at the end of the ball game. Um, to Jay's point, I watch a fair number of games in South Dakota, and we played one game at the Pentagon uh, with the clock. It's a much better game. Uh-huh. Uh, the last four minutes are no longer the Knights of Columbus free throw contest. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, you have to continue to play, and I think to Eric's earlier point, uh, it's if you're behind, you don't have to think about fouling uh, until later. If you're ahead, you have to think about continued playing. Uh-huh. Um, I think the average um, possession in a, in a boys game, I've took a little bit of time and time some here in the, in the postseason for us. Um, we had the ball for 15 seconds and the other team had the ball for 16 seconds. And so with that, and I think there were three possessions that got to 35 seconds, one uh-huh. by us and two by them um, in our uh, in our district tournament game. So uh-huh. um, excited about it. Uh, it'll it'll take some time to get it implemented and uh-huh. uh, and have everybody uh, you know, un- understand all of the, the resets and some of those sorts of sure. things, but it's yeah. going to make our game better. Have yeah. you guys thought ahead to practice next year and what you're going to do within – practice and is it 35 or 30 in Iowa that you're going to have 35 35 yeah. are you have you thought ahead to how you're going to structure practice and and how you're going to I'm going to use air quotes here teach the shot clock and how do we manage it offensively how do we manage it defensively like I could think back and I'm dating myself here a little bit but you know the old Dr. Tom Davis, Iowa Hawkeyes, at the end of the shot clock, they'd get to 12 seconds and they'd run the old horn set with Andre Woolridge, who was always going right every single time. Uh, even if he cut off his right arm, he was still going to find a way to go right. But, he, you know, that's – and they had half a dozen different sets at the end of the shot clock that they would run. Uh, have you thought about how you're going to manage those situations or, or do that stuff? Uh, you know, what, what have you guys thought about or, or have you had a chance to think about it yet? So Yeah, well, I think offensively you gotta, you're going to have to have – some quick hitters, something you can get into, you know, with a variety of groups out there. You know, obviously the easy thing you're going to see a million times is just that high ball screen action and see if you can get a guard downhill to make something happen. But I think, um, you know, can we teach our guards to to draw a foul? You know, know, it's not just settling for a 15-foot pull-up jumper that's contested that's not going in very often. It's 
can we just force our way to the rim and, and you know make the official make a decision you uh-huh. know, as opposed to just seeing if we luck into making the shot uh-huh. um you know and as far as practicing that i mean we're already working i think most everyone's working in the game situations right uh-huh. but now you got to work those into shot clock situations and yeah. you know maybe instead of a couple minutes at the end of practice it's it's a couple couple possessions of that sort of situation kind of mixed in throughout practice uh-huh. maybe you were you know taking a quick break you know drink break but now we're gonna quick do one of those reps before we go into it so uh-huh. yeah i don't have a great answer yet of what that's gonna look like but i'm kind of excited to kind of to add that into practice i think that adds well, another fun thing to work on well, it's may 25th you need to have an answer here pretty soon eric so <laughs> you're not <know>. far off <laughs> yeah it's only six months away until yeah, the first yeah. day of practice so kylie yeah I, again i'm thinking about the shot clock from the defense's point of view um, trying to get our kids um, looking at if we're, if we're guarding on average right now 16 seconds at a time now can we add 10 seconds that gets us to 26 now we get to 10 <coughs> seconds now we got a shot clock violation uh-huh. and we're, we're a team that's going to play a lot of zone and it's not going to turn people over and so we're going to play containment and now I think for us it's a matter of there's an end in sight yeah. Um, uh-huh. And I think then that makes your defense, you know, we we know we don't have to guard for a minute. We uh-huh. don't have to guard for 115. We only got to guard for 35. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then to Eric's point, I think uh, really key is to not foul, to not kick the ball, because we're going full resets, at uh-huh. least the first year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, there, there's oh, wow. not any back to, you know, partial shot clock on yeah. any of those things. So. You play great defense for 30 seconds and commit a common foul, and they take the ball out of bounds. They put 35 back on the clock, and you're going again. Mm-hmm. And so uh-huh. um, getting kids to understand that. One of the things I think for them maybe from the offensive point of view is to – we'll have camp here as we start June – is to have, give our team the ball, put 35 seconds on the clock, and even walk it down the floor and run offense – and see how many passes you can make 35 seconds. It'd be quite a few. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. getting kids to understand yeah. how few possessions really offensively that the clock's gonna gonna factor in. Yeah. Um, early teams are gonna panic when you get uh-huh. to when you get to single digits, teams are gonna panic. Even nine seconds is a long time to get a shot. Sure. So, um, but teams will develop plans and as uh-huh. they uh, as the, it gets implemented as we go. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think too. For me, it's always how to, keeping my keeping my bench kids engaged too. Yeah. So so there again, the opportunity for them to be paying attention and to make sure that you know we get down to the end of it and you know they're they're letting them know that uh, there's limited time. But but like you said, I think you know going over end of the game and you know I'm not always the best at that doing the end of the game stuff so so again i think it's a little bit more you know just just spending more time on those end sets and what can you do but i think like you said it's going to be a lot of you know pick and roll get a high pick and roll get somebody going downhill and that's that's kind of stuff you work on every day anyway yeah well, you've got i mean you've got 10 15 point leads often enough you don't have to worry about it in <laughs> situations like some of us that are you know 10, to, 10 or 15 <laughs> i thought it was like 25 well, or 30 i was, I was being you know? generous yeah. Yeah, don't be politically it, it correct change, around it him. could change in the near future <laughs> yeah uh, change in the near future no, I, I think another thing that you know, coaches will as as you adjust to it. You can only it's just it's just like with anything else when you're teaching. You can only do one thing at a time. You can only teach one kind. But even little things, and we see it in the the NBA, and it's kind of trickled down to the college game, like the two for ones. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 
you know, there's there's 55 seconds left, and and Sheldon shooting a free throw, so South O'Brien, because the Orabs, of course, are going to make two, because that's what Orabs do, you know. Right. But uh, they're going to, you know, you got 55. Are you going to try and come down, try to get a quick hitter with within 10 seconds, so you get that extra possession, you know, uh, little things like like that that as as we get more used to coaching in that shot clock uh concept and teaching and and having our kids understand uh or your kids not my kids your kids understand those concepts that's going to be another level to it uh as this as the season and 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 as it moves along um are are you guys thinking that as well too or yeah we've put some thought of that two for one uh situation um give them friends in South Dakota and North Dakota that have been playing with the clock for a time and then obviously the college coaches those are guys are, are good resources um, and the, you know thinking about um, the two for one and then also Eric and I have had some conversations about um, when are we going to foul at the end of the ball game where's mm. the shot clock how much are we down what's on the game clock yeah. um, right now our general rules we foul with 10 seconds for each point we're behind. So if we were down five, 50 seconds, we'd commit a common foul. Um, And that may fit into the same because that would be two possessions, more more than the shot clock. But that's – we we talked about – Football coaches have that chart of when to go for two and oh, when to sure. kick. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, yeah. is there something similar that we could develop mm-hmm. as we think about, yeah. when, all right, now we've got to commit the commit the foul. Yeah. But the reality is that's going to happen way later, and it's going to happen much less often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that will, again, make – you're just going to have to play so many more possessions offensively and defensively yeah. uh-huh. that we might get, you know, 30 minutes of basketball instead of, you know, now we get 25 or – 26. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we hold it, and it's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's going to separate too. I, I think we've always had that with, you know, basketball IQ. Uh-huh. You know, and that, I, you know, I think you guys would all agree that over the years that's gone down. So, can this help um, some of your teaching or some of your kids to? And 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 is it going to separate more of the basketball IQ when it comes to that? Because you got kids that that are going to understand it, and you got kids that aren't. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it is. So, well, and I, and I think it will also that clock management tool will separate coaching and preparation. You know, I, I think that that's a, a, another level to it. That I, I just can't. Okay, six minutes left. We're up eight. I've got these two stud guards. Like you said, I'm going to coach a 26 minute game instead of a, yeah. a 32 minute game, yeah. and and it's just going to keep that part of it as well and you're going to have to continually coach that entire thing and not to say that it you know when you say things like that you'll have less and less people but you'll still have people that'll say well that's a skill that's execution that's coaching that's teaching your team how to handle that Uh, yeah it is but is it good for the game well we used to think that the the key was four feet wide or six feet wide and we changed it you know, we used to think that the three-point shot wasn't a good thing. That that people thought that was going to ruin the game. This is there's 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 been nothing. I don't think there's very many coaches at any level that have ever said, "Ah, get you know, we've had that shot clock for ten years. Get rid of it. It stinks." No, there's very few people that are going to say. If anybody, they, once we get used to it, people are really going to embrace it and embrace the pace of the game because ultimately we are small town entertainment yeah. and. And, and it's going to make it exciting for the kids. And it's going to turn more and more of the game over to the kids yeah. as well. Right. Ed, but don't expect it to increase scoring. All, all, of the to, all of the stats tell us that 
we may get more shots, but <laughs> that doesn't mean more are going to go in because yeah. there's a terminal part to it that then the defense knows they can challenge hard, mm-hmm. and and that'll make it look a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. I think that we're going to end up with with fewer upsets. I mean, I think your the one eight game and the two seven game are going to be a bigger challenge. I mean, I'm I coached a twenty nine twenty three district championship game this year, mm-hmm. which we held the ball and threw it around the horn and yeah. tried to get a shot and couldn't, so we kept holding kept holding the ball. Uh, and, yeah. um, you know, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Um, and and you could still do some things with thirty five seconds to run shorten the game, run twenty five seconds of false motion and try to mm-hmm. run into a quick hitter after yep. that, but um, you know. There's still going to be more possessions than there is now. Yeah, well, and I think, too, you're, you're looking at a lot. I think people are going to press, right? I mean, that's one of the things you're going to see is someone doing that press, and the press's goal isn't uh, isn't to turn someone over. It's to kill time, right? Yeah. And we've talked about this, Kylie. I mean, you're can I kill seven, eight seconds in the backcourt? Yeah. Now can I kill another five seconds where you're trying to get in your stuff once you uh-huh. cross it? Now all of yeah. a sudden there's 20 seconds left. There's 18 seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah. Well, it's pretty easy to sell your defense on buying, digging in for 15 seconds, right? Uh-huh. Right uh-huh. now, when when we're playing two-three zone, and you know sometimes it's minute and a half possession, it's hard. It's hard work to grind defensively for a minute oh, and a half. Yeah. But but somewhere Jim Beheim is crying tears of joy, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then you know even then you know game within the game, okay. What do what do a lot of coaches do at the end of that shot clock? Well, with eight, they run that high ball screen and try to isolate. Well, let's say normally you're a drop team, but you know at that point, okay, there's only eight seconds left in the shot clock. Well, hey, now we blitz in that situation, yep. and, and now we're trying to push that ball back. And even though we maybe are not a quick and athletic team, if we could keep that ball away from the basket an, an additional second or two, that's going to force them into an even worse shot as well. So I think there's just going to be a whole different level of calculus that, that – coaches are going to have to adjust to uh and and strategy as as these situations are broken down more and more because if you're in that situation with four minutes left to go in the first quarter and they run a high ball screen you're just staying back and you're keeping the ball in front of you but now four minutes left to go in the first quarter but you know there's only seven seconds left on the shot clock now you adjust that and and you do things differently or you could again you got to have a really smart team to do that don't get me wrong i understand that as well you got to have smart players and stuff like that so uh, there's always there's always opportunity, but you know then as coaches too, we've all done that. There's opportunity to overcoach it too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and, <laughs> and we'll find a way to do that. Oh yeah, and that's and that's where you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So and that's I think that's exactly right. Is you know this shot clock's going to come into play, and in how many possessions a game? Yeah. Right. Very few. So how much time are we really do we want to put into it? You got to put enough into it so you're competent. Yep. But do you want to put? You know what's that? What's that practice amount of time that you're gonna that you're gonna put into this that you're investing? Yeah. Because we don't want to put too much in if it's not going to to have that that effect on it. Well, and for so me too. Shoot it. You don't want your kids thinking about it that much, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, my friend Super Dave called me on the phone here, so sorry, Dave. There's a reason why I didn't pick up Get your a shout out to him. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Super Dave? Uh, Let's uh, let's talk about summer here. Uh, you know, we're all restructuring our teams. We're all restructuring um, our program. We all have a new team uh, for the most part, and and ninety nine point nine percent of us have a new team uh, going into next season. You know, what are you guys looking at as you're scratching stuff out, and and you know, when when are you guys able to start your summer stuff here in Iowa? June one. June one. Okay, so you'll be you know, we can start 
the Tuesday after Memorial Day, so we're just one day ahead of you guys in Nebraska. So uh, we've all thought about it. We've all done the scribbles on the legal pads or the notepads and kind of how this and that. What are, you, what are you guys looking at as you put together your uh, just your summer schedule, uh, rebuilding your roster, and and how you're moving your your freshman classes into things. You know, how do you, how do you how do you rebuild your team, so to speak, uh, into this new unit that you're going to have coming in here to the 22-23 season? And this is kind of the beginning of that building process. Uh, Jay, let's start with you. You know, you, you brought home the hardware last year, so you're the expert. <laughs> well, not quite. Yeah, not quite. Two years ago. Yeah. Well, we we had a good year too, though. More, more hardware than yeah. what the rest of us brought back. Um, so. You know, we've we've got some pretty good returning, but again, it's always about the the, the role players and stuff too. And you know, we I'm pretty active in our younger kids stuff, so so I know pretty much what's coming. Which, which is always good to know know the kids and to know what uh, what we got. You know, for us, summer is a lot about skill development. Uh, we we push that hard. Um, you know, we've got we've got BJ coming into the gym with best shooting uh, to do a lot of that because I mean, you know, I mean, it's about scoring the ball. So the more shooters you can have, the better it is. So for us, it's it's skill development, and uh, you know, we're going to do some some uh, open gym and some and some scrimmages and we're trying to line that up with some other teams too to get that and I, I like summer because you're going to miss kids throughout the summer so it naturally gives you the opportunity to give kids opportunities mm-hmm. and and you can see uh, you can see a lot of different uh, different lineups, different things, different kids in different situations without without causing too much drama, mm-hmm. without kids worrying about where they're going to be at when it comes to some of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we, we've been blessed in not having too many kids on travel teams and stuff, so we get kids around. Mm-hmm. We've got kids around. We've got kids in the gyms. We've got kids that we're able to work with on an individual basis. So for us, it's it's a lot about the skill development during the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the skill development is probably the biggest thing, right? Is we want to see what we can what we can get them to do that's different than what they were able to do before, right? Um, I think, you know, we've got a lot of different routes with it. Um, you know, I've been really, really specific where we broke it down by position of what they were working on. Been really general where we gave them a list of some good ideas to do, and I don't know if there's a best way to do it. I think having having good good talented kids is a pretty good strategy. Um, <laughs> funny, you know, funny them, how that works. Fly yeah. around. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Um, you know, Jay, you talked about shooting. I think that's as much as anything, right? The more shots we can get up in the summer, I think, is really beneficial for us. Um, you know, I've I've been able to coach some really good shooting teams, and I've also coached some really poor shooting teams. And you know, it's difficult to win a game when you're really good defensively and you can't score. Yeah. So I mean, you got to be able to shoot it, and you got to have multiple guys that can shoot it. I think the the higher level you play at, um, you know, you got to have those that you have to have four or five guys, girls out there that can put the ball in the basket. Oh yeah. You know, when you have even just that one weak link out there, um, you know, all of a sudden that core gets a lot smaller. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and I, I again, you know, it's it's trying to give opportunities because you you do have that whole different group, um, and so it's trying to figure out, okay, so you know, this person was in charge of this thing, you know, who can I have that can do that type of a role, and you know, we maybe played big last year, now we've got to play a little bit smaller, and yep. just trying to kind of play around and see what works best for your team, you know, so that by the end of the summer you've got a feel for how you can be your most successful in the winter. Um, uh-huh. You know, it'd be awesome to be able to just say, this is how we're going to play. We're going to play like this every single year. But the reality is it's high school basketball. We can't control who we have. No. Um, so we figure out who we have, and we play 
the yeah. best we can with that group. Uh, unless you're in certain geographic locations, I won't mention <laughs> any. So, sorry, that was that was sarcasm, Sheldon Cooper style. So, uh, coach. Well, we kind of look at it, you know, big picture is we always kind of have that evolving six-year roster of you know six through 11th grade that are moving into seven through 12 and then you graduate a group in your mind and you put it up and you look at you know who are your juniors and seniors and your good freshmen and sophomores what might that group look like Uh Um, then as we get a little closer as we get to the previous season if we've got a kid we know who we're going to graduate so if a kid's going to play for us on the varsity next year they got to be on the JV the year before and if they we think they're going to play for us in two years they've need to be on the C team and maybe on the JV. So we're sometimes planning for that. Sometimes you're moving kids in in odd situations. Maybe it's different than what would be specific for them, but we know we're going to need them down the road. Um, When we travel in the summertime, we always try and take nine or ten kids, and we always try and take one or two too many Uh um, that we're not sure can play for us this summer, but we think they're going to play for us the next summer. And one of the things we skill development and the shooting part of it um, spring, summer, and the fall. We think also during the season, I think that's an underrated part of skill development is 45 to 50 direct practices that we get to work with our kids and improve their shooting, dribbling, and passing. And uh-huh. yeah, kids got to spend some time on their own, but they spend some time in practice with us going game speed. That can really go. And the thing that I think is been really helpful for us in the summer is we just tell our kids you shoot any shot you think you can make there are no rules if you think you want to be the point guard bring the thing up (laughs) Um, if you think you can shoot it hey shoot the ball and we'll naturally get to the end of a team camp game with two minutes and they know who the best player or two is and they'll get the ball and we'll either win or lose Uh but I always think that we can limit roles later as opposed to expand them later. Ah, that's, oh, yeah. good, that's good thought. Yeah. Yeah. We want to start with the widest possible. And so sometimes you play a team camp game and you got a kid throw some stuff up there that isn't going to go in very often, but then maybe that helps them begin to understand, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a 20% three-point shooter. I need to <laughs> I need to put myself in a different spot yeah. in their skill development yeah. to either get better or then limit what they're going to be able to do during the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, two summer is a good test for that because again how do you how do you get kids excited about it how do you get kids engaged with with some of the summer stuff that too and uh as you kind of develop those roles but kids kind of kind of figure out those roles themselves too Uh but but you're exactly right trying to keep it wide to start because you don't want to start narrowing kids in too quick Uh because sometimes they surprise you no doubt yeah um three major priorities Offensively, simplifying it, shooting, passing, dribbling, right? Yeah. Uh, what order are you putting them in? Just out of curiosity. Well, we <laughs> got to shoot, dribble, then pass. Yeah. Yeah. With shooting we, being one, and then we've got to remember fewer kids are going to ever dribble the ball. Now, everybody who plays has to be able to pass and catch. Uh-huh. Um, but that also then becomes a skill that we're going to... If you're on continuity offense, everybody's got to pass and catch. You're on motion offense, you just basket cut the kid and uh-huh. they don't ever catch the ball. But uh-huh. um, <laughs> And to Eric's point, you know, how good you are offensively is going to be dependent upon how many threats you have. Um, I think all good defensive coaches have made a living guarding 
two, three, or four kids on the other team, right? Yep. Yep. And if we've got to guard all five, now that spreads our defense, and now we're all in trouble, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we flip that around from the offensive point of view. That uh, that becomes pretty key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yours the same? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. shooting's number one. There's, <laughs> you know, I I just think we've had some 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 times the last year or two where we have not been able to shoot the ball, and there's not much more frustrating than when you run a great offense and you get a great look and you just know it's not going in. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and you can pound your fist against the wall and you can, you know, get after it on defense for as long as you want, but sooner or later you got to score the ball, Yeah, you know, yeah. unless you're turning the ball over and you're able to get out and get layups. But, you know, uh-huh. that's, that's easier said than done, especially against good teams. I, I think shooting is, is definitely number one, but I think we're going we're gonna to spend a lot more time this summer and even – probably incorporating that into practice more of ball handling um you know we got exposed this year and uh, against a really good team that we needed more more ball handlers so you know for us going forward i think that's a challenge for some of these kids too is you know what we we need you need both Uh but we're probably going to lean a little bit more on some ball handling this summer Uh Uh so just because of you know maybe it's the last thing in our minds so yeah. A little bit of painfulness. Yeah. yeah I just I, that ball handling is super important. There's no doubt about it. Just so much easier to figure that out because you you don't like Kylie said you don't need five guys or girls that can dribble it really well. You need one that can dribble it really really well, yeah. and one or two more that can can get you by in a pinch. I mean, and I would put in fourth. Uh, if you don't shoot it well, you got to chase it. And so oh, yeah. sometimes offense starts when you shoot the first one, and then send four up oh, on yeah. the glass and see if yeah. you can get some out of yeah. that. Yep. Get yourself to the foul line. Get the other team in foul trouble a little bit. Yep. Um, sometimes it's really hard to get kids to offensive rebound when you've got really good shooters because yeah. they anticipate their teammate's shot going in. Yep. And if they play with some guys who don't shoot it very well, they think, oh, that's, that's fast to me. So <laughs> they'll go chase it and get it. Well, I know that's how my teammates felt when I shot. <laughs> no, I don't need to rebound. You know, A couple years ago, that was our best offense <laughs> with Janie. Yeah. So it was just 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 oh, get yeah. the ball up on the rim. Sure, oh, we'll get it. I've I've literally uh, in, in the last couple of years, um, I would say minimum four games um, per year where we've had the hey their best offense is just chucking it up at the rim and then going and get it, you know. And and for us the the teams I've had the last couple of years we just haven't been very big, which doubly ampl- amplifies it for us in, in our situation. Uh, but you know creating that offense, creating those those opportunities and creating those easy baskets, that's true. Um, wanted to ask you guys, uh, going back to like that, the, the summer and the team and developing the team, um, and by the way, I agree with you guys, shooting, dribbling, passing, those are that's my three priorities as well. So uh, another one, I'm just trying to confirm my own beliefs on a couple of these questions here. So uh, you guys bring your JVs and varsities together on, on trips as well? You guys do that? Okay. As much as possible. As much as you can. Yeah, oh, yep. Okay. Right. Why do you do that? Oh, so you got some flexibility. Uh-huh. And and then if especially if I you know you try and get them to offset games as much as you can. So every now and again you you, you grab one of those kids and and then you try and rotate them and give give them opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you know who's going to surprise you? Who's going to step up? And you know who's going to who's going to fight for it a little bit that way too. Yeah. I think as much as anything, those these summer tournaments are about camaraderie too, right? I mean, they don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember who we beat, who we lost to, you know. But you remember the things you did, right? The yep. stupid things that happen along the road. And so the more more people you can have on your team along, I think it does help with those. Um, 
But yeah, we've kind of gone both ways. I mean, sometimes yeah. I think we've probably tried to spread ourselves too thin where we're trying to play you know, with the Great Iowa Shootout. We're trying to play with the freshman JV and varsity team, and I'm sprinting all over the place. And I'm not in very good shape to do that. Um, you know, when we're playing a, playing a freshman game with six guys, that's not good either. Yeah. Right? So you're trying to balance that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'd like to bring JV guys, or like I said, you know, too many with the varsity from a culture point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you feel like you got strong juniors and seniors that are good kids been in your program a long time are extensions of your staff and you got younger kids around i think then they start you know even through subconscious thought of oh this is how you act this is how you behave this is how you carry yourself and then i think as a coach lots of things get taught but they don't have to be by you you don't Uh have to wear yourself out and Uh and then those kids graduate and you bring in another crew behind so Uh but there's also something to be said for having some time um, in the summertime, we, we want to spend um, one, two, maybe three nights together on the road. Yep. Um, the basketball is fine, but yep. we need to eat together. We need to stay in the yep. room together. We need to talk yep. together. Um, that, yep. that, that come around, that, it's just second to none yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, we'll be back up here in about one month. We'll be back up here in God's country uh, doing our little barnstorming tour around northwest iowa and stuff so um we'll be back we'll be hitting the dairy dandy south of town here in about a month or so so uh you know i I like that idea too of bringing you know we try i I think we have four things lined up for the summer and three of them are jv varsity and i and i like you know and and jay and i probably agree on this i don't know how you feel but girls really like to if the varsity's not playing it's good for them to go and watch and support the JV and have that bond and and vice versa. And and that helps bring them closer together as well. And, and, and I I think we're all in agreement. You know, I'll tell if we've got 16 or 18 kids, okay, I'll go up to these six. Let's say, let's say we have 18. I'll go up to these six and say, okay, uh, Jay, Eric, Kylie, uh, you three are going to play the two morning games with the varsity, and then you're going to switch with these three kids in the afternoon, and we're just going to flop you around here. We're going to switch yep. everybody around here. And I think that gives you the opportunity to take a look at multiple kids in multiple situations as well and 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 give them an opportunity to, quote, unquote, sell themselves at different levels as well. So yeah. um, is that part of your guys' thought process as well? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and I think, you you know, you get into summer too. It's It's less about winning during the summer. And more about teaching, and and sometimes I feel like when we've had a summer where we've cruised through the summer and and beat a lot of teams and won a lot of games, uh, you, you kind of walk into the into the season with okay, yeah, we're pretty good. Mm-hmm. But when you let them get beat a little, beat up a little bit during the summer, then all of a sudden everybody's still working going mm-hmm. into the season, saying, mm-hmm. hey, we got work to do yet. Yeah, yeah. If you're really good, if you're you know sometimes in the summer you kind of need to. F- to search out a few wins like in our situation we've had to it's it's building up the confidence of our oh, kids yeah. that they that they can win so yeah. we've got to we've got to search you're kind of in the and i understand exactly what you're saying jay yeah. we're in the opposite situation we have been in the opposite situation i think we're going to continue to get better and better because yeah. we you know we've got uh you know we're, we're just getting better i feel like yeah. but uh for us it's been kind of the opposite when i, when I was at my old job it's kind of like all right let's really steel start sharpens steel or iron sharpens iron here now it's kind of like eh, 
maybe we'll play those guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and teach or, them how to win. Yeah, and, and teach them how to win. And I and I think sometimes if you haven't won very much in the regular season, you could pick up a few wins in the summertime, even though it's just summer ball. Those kids that haven't won very much, they're like, hey, that was fun. We went two and two at the Sheldon team camp, yeah. and we won a couple of games, and that kind of stokes their fire a little bit more as well. So I, I think it's important that you find that right level for what yeah. your team needs for that upcoming summer. Um, or for that upcoming season, excuse me. Well, I don't, I don't know if you, you guys either. Like Dort, I always like how Dort does it with the fouls and the points and all this stuff too. So you end up scoring a lot of points because if you foul, it's a point. Mm-hmm. And then if you oh, get wow. fouled on a shot, so they keep the game moving, but it also teaches your kids not to foul because sometimes summer can just get into just a hack fest. Never. And no. And so <laughs> no you know, way. at the Dort one too, then then it's not always about making hoops as much as. You know, being aggressive and, and yeah. playing great defense. Yeah. So ask, I appreciate that. Let me ask you guys this. That's a great. That's a great point. We're going to go off script here. What are you guys looking for when you're signing up for team camps or or summer scrimmages or things like that? What's some of the qualities that you're looking for, Eric? What are you, What are you guys looking for? Well, I think it just depends on the team you have. You sure. know, I think when we're really experienced and we feel like we have a chance to be pretty good that next year, um, you, know, you really want to challenge yourself, like you were talking about earlier, Jay. Right? You want to find those teams that are going to push you and. It's not doing any good to win a summer game by 30. Um, yep. You know, and they, again, in that situation, I think you also want to try and find those 8, 9, 10 kind of guys in your rotation, you know, get them some more opportunities to play. Because at some point in time, you're going to need that person throughout the season, and, and are they going to be ready? And that, that helps you kind of figure out who that person is. Um, you know, and then kind of on the flip side, yeah, I mean, you, you, when, you're st- when you know you're not going to be – you know, could pretend to go to the state tournament. Maybe you're looking to find good competitive games, right? Can you find teams that you can play? And and that's not just for you; that's for the other team, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, when you're getting blown out, it's not good for anybody. No. Mm-hmm. You know, in that situation. So I think those are the things you're looking for. The foul thing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've all been to those ones where there's nothing called all day, and it's just a matter of who fouls most effectively. That's no fun. Yeah. Um, unless you're the bigger, badder team, then then it's a little bit more fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, lo- location. And then dates that you know kids are available would, yeah. would be a consideration. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, like to play some different teams than we see during the regular season, or that we would see in the postseason. And I'll pay any amount of money to have them hire officials that'll call fouls. Oh, absolutely. And yep. it's <laughs> keep coming to think about things from the defensive point of view. Yep. Um, our team gets an awful habits if they won't call fouls right. because two hands is a foul and yeah. if they won't call it on us then we'll do it during the season and we're trying all we can to stay out of foul trouble uh-huh. and play those seven kids and um you know having the hungover college kid come rolling in on saturday morning and call both times he blew his whistle during the game <laughs> he was dead on but it just yeah. becomes it was just two yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and kids are getting knocked down, and kids are going to get hurt. Yeah. And it, there could be some good experiences at some bigger campuses, and they get to play in some nice facilities. But yeah. need somebody to officiate the game. Yeah. Something like it's going to happen during the season. Oh yeah, and that's you know I know for our shootout in the summer, that's we pay good money for two registered officials for every game that we have yeah. because you can't. You're not you. If, if you shave your costs in that way, that's a great way to save money on the top. But you know what? Your your team camp ain't going to be around very long if you don't have good yeah. quality officials. Yeah. And I, I'd like to think that last year we had our first shootout at our place, and we had, I think, eight or nine teams. 
this year we went from nine to 16 and we sold it out and that's all we could hold with our facilities at our school we we sold it out in a week because we had i'd like to think one of the reasons why is we had two registered officials at every court for every game and i think that's so vitally important because you've got to give your team the best opportunity that they can to get better and part of that is the officiating not only for the the physicality of the game and you want it to be physical to a degree but you don't want to turn into a bloodbath but like you were saying kylie the habits that you're going to develop as a team as a as a team especially defensively yeah yeah um let's stay with the summer stuff here uh unique things unique traditions unique stuff that you guys do to encourage growth with your players in the off season you know what kind of other than of course playing time in december january february uh what are some things that you do to build your cultures, to build your summer program, to get your kids into the gym, to make them have that investment within your program? Kyle, let's start with you on this one. Well, we do high school camp, which that's probably not particularly common anymore. Everybody runs youth camp, or if they go off to camp, it's somewhere else. And that's just glorified practice without the conditioning. And we're able to then put in everything that we want, and then we try to play that upcoming weekend so uh-huh. that gives your, your yeah. camp good focus continual right right into absolutely it. Yeah. And, and preferably the jv and the varsity both so you'd have about 20 kids at camp and maybe take just about everybody to the tournament that weekend um other unique things we do in the summer is we've uh, taken a trip out to the black hills every other year um, i grew up in western south dakota coaching friends out there have a brother-in-law sister-in-law that live there this year we're going to travel to madison we're going to travel to white river hit the corn palace Go through some Indian Reservation, the Badlands, Mount Rushmore, playing a team camp out of Rapid City Christian uh, to finish right before Dead Week. Um, and again, the basketball will be fun. We'll play a bunch of games. We're going to play at Northwestern right before we go, so we kind of have a six-game or six-day schedule going. Uh-huh. Um, but we'll know exactly what we have and don't have by the end of that end of that trip, and uh, that'll be something that we'll be building. You know, our workouts. Um, we at South O'Brien put our kids. Uh, we have. Speed camp, basketball workout, and then the weight room on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then best is coming on Mondays. Yep. And, and then uh, Wednesday, Friday have been kind of open shooting days for us. Um, the only other unique thing that we do is we've had the gym open in the spring um, two mornings a week. Um, we call Breakfast Club. And, of course, as a coach, you can coach until the state tournament is over. And then when that's done, then um, you, have, uh, you have your captain's lead it and i that's probably something we sort of fell into um i was like who's going to be in charge of this operation i can open the gym i can supervise it but i can't instruct it and that's been much better now the now your returners are in charge uh we invite boys and girls we invite young and old um we'll get 40 or 45 kids in the gym Uh two mornings a week Uh not only good skill development but good leadership development and then um, some good connection between you know a fourth grader watching that senior-to-be um, and how they work and how they do things. And then, of course, we've been at South O'Brien long enough that those kids have cycled themselves through the program. So. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Eric, what do you yeah. guys got going on? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we have anything super unique. I mean, we'll kick off things next week, um, first, you know, June 1, 2, 3, with our team camp, um, which we'll do in the morning uh, with all of our high school guys or as many as we can get there. Um, and, yeah, we're going to put in kind of that – plan of what what i think right now is going to be best for us this winter and uh-huh. we'll put that in place for the summer and um you know the neat thing that we've kind of started um on the boys side of things in the areas we've gotten kind of a league together between uh the siouxland and the war eagle 
for the most part, um, where we're scrimmaging once a week with with some different people, uh, which which worked really well for us last summer. I thought that was really really beneficial. When do you guys do that? Like uh, we just kind of schedule a time. So uh-huh. um, we just kind of communicate as coaches when works for the four teams that are getting together that week, uh-huh. um, and we just figure out figure out a time that works best for everybody. Uh-huh. And it was really good last summer. I thought that was really really beneficial for uh-huh. us. Um, you talked about it earlier, Kylie. I mean, you get to see people you're not going to see. You know, I right. I don't want to go. I don't want to go scrimmage Siouxland Conference schools in the summer. We're going to play them enough in the winter. So, yeah, yeah that's been good for us. Sorry if I spoke for everybody at the table no, for this good. right away. So, <laughs> by the way, so um, how about you, Jay? Yeah, you know, we do. We've got lifting three days a week, um, and then we switch off between. We've got our designated day on Wednesdays, and uh, volleyball does Mondays, and then uh, every other Friday we switch off that way too. So. You know, it works pretty good that way. So we lift and then usually do our workouts and stuff that way too. Wednesdays we'll have best coming in for the first five weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we've got some kind of... when you say there. best, what's... Uh, BJ Moeller is actually going to come in and okay. instruct our kids on shooting okay. that way too. You know, one thing that we always kick off the summer with is our little kids camp. Yeah. And and I love that from a program standpoint because we get the, we get the little kids thinking about it. And I said, probably the thing that geeks me out the most is... The week after that camp, the pictures and the texts and all that from all these parents or these dads putting up hoops for their daughters, Absolutely. you know, because, yeah. you, you know, you started, we go third through fifth and then sixth through eighth. And then my girls work it all. So basically we'll come together and instruct. And then we have the girls basically take them and run them through everything. So I think that's, that's hugely beneficial for not only a culture, but for my kids in the teaching aspect of it Uh Um, and understanding and having the right mindset as they come into summer that, Hey, this is, this, this is why your coaches get frustrated with you sometimes. And and so it's a whole nother level when it comes to, (laughs) comes to these kids and being able to teach it versus, versus seeing it that way too. So, you know, we'll, we'll kick off our, we always do a 10,000 shot club. So we include the junior high and then our high school kids in that. So set some goals of, Hey, Get ten thousand shots up this summer. Yeah. Get the ball in your hands. Uh, get working on that. And um, how do you track that? Um, I have the girls track it. Okay. So I have it. You know, we've thought about doing some stuff with, you know, and and I've got a few coaches that you know get a little snarky with me, and they're like, "Wow, I think she only did eight thousand shots." I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really don't care. I don't care if she cheats and her parents sign off on it. I mean, they're they're getting shots up. Yeah. So if it's not exactly ten thousand shots or whatever. I mean, you're encouraging kids to get it, and then we always celebrate that during the season. So we bring the little kids in, junior high kids get a run through a starting lineup kind of and get uh-huh. T-shirts and take pictures with the high school girls. But for me, it's about getting those younger kids to start dreaming, uh-huh. to start dreaming about being a state champ, to start dreaming about where they want to be. Um, and, and you know, for me, you know, for me, I, I love the relationships. Uh-huh. So start those relationships with those girls and those kids and and understand. I mean, you know, the biggest compliment a mom can say to me, I had that last year little girl, she was a fourth grader, sat down by me at a game and said, Coach Skydeman, how long are you going to be coaching? <laughs> you know, I, I would really like it if you stuck around so I could, so you could coach me. Yeah. And, you know, that's the biggest compliment anybody can give you. And you said, I'm old, but I'm not as old as Kylie Gates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He might stick around longer than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, you know, you, you brought up that 10,000 shot thing, and I know that's like, uh, you know, and we have that too, and um, and you do have that person or say, well, I, you know, I think Eric only had 8,000 shots or whatever, 
Okay. okay. And what I tell my kids is, if you got ten thousand shots, awesome. Just make it ten thousand legit shots. Yes. But I would, I would rather have you say, Coach, you know what? I only got two thousand shots in this summer, but they were two thousand good shots. But don't tell me you made you you had ten thousand and you only did two thousand. You know, I'll be I won't be thrilled with you if you said you only got two thousand up this summer, but I'll be even more angry or dis you know the whole parent thing. Yep. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed that uh, you told me ten thousand and you really your shot only improved two thousand shots worth or you know whatever that is. Oh, yeah. and, and I and I think that's important to emphasize. Um, we we came I kind of came up with this formula a few weeks ago for our kids or at the beginning of our spring stuff. Uh, we give our kids a packet, and um, it's uh, and they have to keep track. You know, they have, basically every day from April, like right around Easter time through the end of the summer, is accounted for. And they could they literally have a slot to fill in every day. Um, and it's open gym weights, blah blah blah. And and we came up with a, a formula, and we're going to create what we call a wall of honor. For, for our kids, and we're, we're going we're gonna to make it a really big deal at the end of the summer. We, we made every kid grades 7 through 12 next year eligible for it, so we'll have about 30, 35 kids that will be eligible for it, and we, we put in like five different categories, 10,000-shot uh, club, or if you attend 90% of our strength and conditioning sessions, you can be part of the Wall of Honor. Um, attend 100% of our skill sessions and camps, because if you, if you have 100% attendance, you're going to get better, you know. Yeah. Um, we, we have a thing called the Pioneer Cup, um, or if you qualify for, you know, kind of a catch-all thing of, of this and that. And and I'm hoping that that is something that our kids really buy into. And, and, and we're going to make posters, and we're going to put together a plaque, and here's the Summer 2022 Wall of Honor kids. Um, and and I'm, I asked, if I, after I kind of sent it out, I asked a few parents, especially like my junior high parents they're like oh my my daughters were so excited to see that they're they're really excited they're already out shooting they want to be part of that wall of honor and and i'm hoping that's something that gets us going as well so yeah we uh all of our prizes are balls it's hard to give a give a kid a trophy it's hard to dribble that and get a lot better or bust so <laughs> you give you a ball and you go home and work on that yeah. and then any sorts of things uh we can do in the off season and we're also biased. My wife and I own a screen printing T-shirt business uh-huh. uh, in the basement. <laughs> is we print shirts for kids that have done things that you can only earn the shirt. Yeah. A shirt cannot be purchased. If you offered me a hundred dollars, I wouldn't make you a shirt. Yeah. But if you come to Breakfast Club mm-hmm. a certain number of times, then you can wear that to school, and kids are pretty proud of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, that, and it's a. Uh, you don't have to be good to get that. You just have to be dedicated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And same as 10,000 chats and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, Coming to summer workouts, making improvements, those things, and then you're rewarding, you know, what gets done or what gets rewarded gets done. Uh-huh. And giving kids those shirts and they, they wear them and, you know, they outgrow them and they still wear them. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're proud of yeah. the work they put in. Yeah. We do a breakfast club thing too. It's structured a little bit differently, you know, but we do a breakfast club thing and we have a point system that we have. But I always buy them authentic breakfast club t-shirts and it costs them, it costs like 25 bucks for a vintage t-shirt for, you know, Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall and all those guys, you know, but uh, man, they wear those things inevitably the day after we give oh, yeah. them all five or six kids that have won that, their, their <laughs> team that's won it. 
they're strutting around that school. It's it's amazing, just simple things like that. How much that'll that'll get the kids' attention, and and they take pride in that. And the more, like you're saying, Kylie, that T-shirt means something to those kids. They know that, you know, they had to work their tails off to to get that. And I I think that you know, kind of the uh, the Ben Simmons, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. If we if we've learned, if there's something we've learned is. Of all the abilities, availability is the most important ability. Yeah. And because if you're not available, it doesn't matter what your skill set is. And so, like I, you know, with us, with that, like, 90% attendance for strength and conditioning, worst case scenario, that kid gets big and strong. And if we chuck it off the rim, maybe that kid goes and gets us, you know, three or four extra possessions a game. They might not be the most skilled kid in the world. Yeah. But they can get that for us, and that plays into our success, you know, and giving them multiple avenues to, to do that. So... Um, anything else on that, guys? Nope. No. Nope. All right. Uh, you guys got time for one more topic? Sure. We're sure. good. I got to, like I said, I got till Friday afternoon. So you <laughs> I know. don't know if I've got that long, but I got a little bit of time. Okay. We don't have right. we don't have graduate. I got eighth grade graduation tomorrow night. So okay. All right. Well, we'll cut you short, Jay. I got to deal okay. with another. I got to I got to have another uh, daughter in the program next year. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, Hey, you got to fight traffic to go across town, don't you? Yeah, long drive. Long yeah. Drive. yeah. <laughs> See if I can make yeah. it. Yeah. Where, where, you got to go to the high school area or where? Uh, I live on the south side of town. But do you have T-ball game or T-ball? Oh, no. T-ball got canceled. I'm, oh. I was really bummed to hear that uh, <laughs> the weather was going to cancel our, our night two. <sighs> night one featured rain, um, playing in the dirt, um, very little listening. But, uh, <laughs> it was good good practice for basketball starting next week with high school kids so there, there, there we nothing go like a five-year-old on his first night of t- yeah. t-ball that gets you ready for high school basketball yeah. hey. I, tell you. I give you guys a lot of credit for coaching boys i couldn't do it so. <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh enjoy uh in, enjoy those little five-year-old moments because right now we just graduated our last one and we're empty nesters here in about two and a half months yep. and so Enjoy it while you can, even though oh, the, yeah. uh, somebody told us something, uh, the, the days are long, but the years are short. Yep. And, man, ain't that the truth. Yep. That's the truth. So yep. uh, I, I wanted to ask you guys, what are you doing to get better this summer? You as an, you know, we ask our players, we've talked a lot about this on this, on this roundtable, about our kids uh, getting better and what we're doing to make our kids get better. What are, what are you guys doing to make you better next year uh as a coach to to get ready for the the season in the same way that we're asking our kids to get better jay one you know what do you yeah you know i think a lot of it is year in review looking at some of that getting together for me it's always recruiting probably another coach or two because i i've got a little turnover with my coaches uh especially on the freshman level Mm -hmm. so being able to recruit that um We've got our team camp next year. I mean, we've got our little kids camp next week, and then the week after that, I'm getting together with a, um, some other coaches and Colstra uh, um, uh, is putting on a. Or we got together, put on a camp in Sioux City. So just just interacting with other coaches. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I'm I'm a business guy, so I, I get a lot into what's what's my leadership book, and and I start looking at what what's what's the thing that I'm going to present to my kids next year so for me it's a little bit of you know more of that type of thing um during the summer and for me it's always interacting with other coaches you know having these conversations uh 
you know, stealing other guys' ideas mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Because, you know, we all know there's not an original idea. So uh, it's always somebody else's idea first. So uh, so for me, it's it's talking basketball with as many people as I can. And especially at these camps, I, you know, I love to to do that and, and to create friendships with, with other coaches when it comes to some of that stuff too. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eric? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for me, it's uh, end of the season is always just a, a time where I'm reviewing you know what went well, what didn't go well. Um, you know, watching some of the tape back, just to you know, once you have a little bit of separation from the season, to see if what you felt during the season was right, or if it was just because you were pissed about something all year, right? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and then I I like to look at the numbers, just to kind of look at our stats and and compare kind of you know what we did well, what we didn't do well, just from a number standpoint, which. You know, sometimes I, I don't know, I probably get into that too much sometimes. Uh, but this year, I really dug into shooting, just kind of the, the basics of, the, of shot form. Um, I think BJ Mulder probably thought I was stalking him at one point in time this summer. <laughs> I was chasing him around Northwest Iowa for a while there. Um, you know, so that's kind of been my, my spring focus. And then this summer, I really want to dig into kind of just that individual skill development type stuff. Um, I certainly do not want to go out and become a skills trainer. Um, but uh-huh. just, you know, being a little bit more comfortable um, with a with a couple things that I can teach from an individual standpoint. Um, you can't tell listening, but I'm, you know, I'm a big, big 6'8 post player. So, uh, you know, that guard skill stuff is not a, an area of strength for me. Uh, so just kind of getting better in that, that area. Um, so I'm not farming that out quite as much. I'd like to just be more more confident in that myself. So that's kind of my summer goal is to get a little bit better in that area. So that's that's me. Yeah. See, now you can hear it through my microphone. I was a powerful 5'10 post player back in the day. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, uh, Kylie, what do you got going on? Well, uh, I think I think about the game every day. Um, you know, you get knocked out on Tuesday and Wednesday morning you get up and you're starting to make a plan for what you want to do. Um, uh-huh starts for us maybe watching the rest of the postseason, watching the state tournaments for the boys and the girls in multiple states, and then watching the NCAA tournament into the NBA playoffs. So that always, the game's always on. Um, networking with other coaches. Um, I think when I was younger, we went to Nike clinics, and we, I, we of course, we go to IBCA clinic. Um, went down to your, your clinic in uh-huh. Fort Calhoun, really enjoyed that. Well, I was going to say, yeah. you know, what was your, you know, sorry, shameless plug here, but it's my podcast, so I'm going to do it. What'd you like about the clinic? <laughs> well, the small groups and the chance to interact, and then the diversity of it. You know, had some large group instruction, had some uh, small groups and some different groups, and for us, um, you know, being almost three, two and a half, three hours away met a bunch of coaches that I didn't know before. Um, then here in the area, um, I think we get together with coaches that are not in your class and not in your conference, and then you're, it's pretty easy to share, you know, all, all sorts of things um, and have some one-on-ones or, you know, maybe three or four-man just informal uh, uh, discussions. Watch a lot of instructional videos and championship. Um, what what we usually try to do sometime in the off season, and again, this is why I think I coach for 30 plus years, but I'm still intrigued by the game. Is I think there's so many parts to the game that I don't ever feel like I've arrived in terms of I think I know all of the things about something. So we just pick like Eric picking shooting and uh, and in skill development picking leadership. Take some part of what you do as a coach and go really really deep. So. Um, We've been playing a bunch of two-three zone. We thought we were going to have a one-two-two team. So about five, six years ago, we just dove hip deep in a one-two-two zone. 
put together about 40, 50 pages of things that we, of what we wanted and decided not to play it. After all of that, we decided to stay with what we were doing. But the dive was fun. The, uh-huh. the search was fun. Uh, and then we have the we have the gym open in, in March and April, and then we close it in May. We close it in August, so uh-huh. that's a little bit of time away. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're pretty busy in June and July. And then in the fall, it's not particularly busy because we have a lot of kids in football and cross country. Sure. Um, and then that you're gearing up and thinking about the season. Um, get the reading list together. Um, I think that always, you know, during the season you put that aside, and then in the off season, and then of course in the summertime we've got a lot more time. Uh, uh-huh. Try to dive into that and trying to. I think to your point, um, we're asking kids to improve. Um, what are we doing as coaches? And yep. then are we doing things to help our assistant coaches? Are we doing things um, bigger picture as you get down the road? Are you doing some things to mentor some uh-huh. guys that are starting out in the uh, profession? I'll put in a shameless plug for the Iowa Basketball Coaches Association. We started a mentor program uh, this year. We had 30 awesome. matches awesome. Uh, nice. this year. Uh, we're hoping to grow that. Yep. Um, we, we have way too many outstanding coaches for multiple reasons that are not staying in the profession. And part of it is um, they're, you know, parental concerns, but lack of administrative support. Yep. But they need support from fellow coaches. Yep. Yeah. And, again, different different class, different conference, uh, sometimes even geogra- different geographical spot in the state. And now we feel, as a coach, we're comfortable to give away with everything that we've stole from somebody else. Yep. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Ian Hunt from CAM was um, uh-huh. my mentee this year. Enjoyed the conversation. Um, and, and I let him um, make it what he wanted to. It wasn't for me. I wanted yeah. to make it whatever he wanted. Yeah, how would you, you guys make that work, that, that mentorship program? Well, um, we basically just sent out Google Forms, and we, we started with mentors, and we ended up with about 45 guys that were willing to do it. And we had uh-huh. some qualifications for that. And then sent Google Forms to... Boys and girls head coaches that were in years one, two, and three. Sent it to athletic directors um, and asked them to get it to coaches, had them sign up. Um, there was no cost for it. And then there was a five-person committee, so we just met on a Zoom call, and we just made made matches. Uh-huh. And we had guys from boys and girls coaches, all different classes, all different areas of the state, and it kind of felt like everybody matched up about seven, seven different people, seven uh-huh. different coaches or uh-huh. so. And... Um, had some great ones, had some mentors that said, ah, that's enough. We had some mentees that said, that's enough. That's enough. But we have some new people, of course, coming in on both sides of it. Yeah. And if we can continue to grow that, I think that's uh-huh. really key for the future of the, of did, the did you have yeah. kind of a, a blueprint? For, uh, 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 did you have a blueprint that you're like, hey, here's what we want you to do. We want you to go A, B, C, D, E with, with your person, or you kind of left it up to each coach? So we, I would say both. Yeah. Um, we gave some guidance, but you were allowed to take it whatever direction that, that you wanted. And uh, the mentors I talked to, um, I just we just got, got in touch, tried to build a relationship, create a little bit of trust with them to say, hey, I'm not here to... I'm not here to be your dad. I'm not. I'm not the athletic director. I'm not going to be evaluative to you. I'm just here to help you. Yeah. And I'll help you as much or little as you want. Mm-hmm. And um, I think maybe... That was the fun part, the old, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so uh, he would call me when, you know, he needed something, and 
they they win four in a row. I didn't hear from him. They lose three in a row. <laughs> he's on the phone. Uh, you know, got a couple kids get kicked off. Boy, and you had one you, kid you decide to go on vacation. You know, week before the oh, season was out. What are we going to do now? And I'm like, well, that's a heck of a good question. So <laughs> yeah. We'll see if we can put put some ideas together for. Yeah, him, so. that was awesome. I uh, I got got to work with Spencer Plank down at Red Oak, um, who was in his second year, and. He did an awesome job, and, and like you said, we didn't talk daily, weekly. You know, we talked a lot more in the early, and then you get busy and sure. just kind of as needed. And then they went on a crazy run and made it to the state tournament. Like they upset two teams they should not have beaten. From it was them. all coaching. His words. His words it was all like, coaching, you know, and, and then the mentorship. Like, right, the coaching. Yeah, I think that's, that, what, that's what I told everyone. The mentorship was a key to <laughs> success. Um, but just for me, seeing them make it to the state tournament was really, really cool. Like oh, I yeah. never yeah. would have anticipated being proud for someone else's team going to state, and I had, you know, next to nothing to do with it. But yeah. just seeing his growth and uh, those, I was, I was really happy to get to to be part of that, and glad the state did that. Or the, excuse me, the association did that, not the state. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's you know that's an awesome one too. I mean, because as coaches too, if you're not reaching out and asking other coaches. You know, I mean, early in my career too. I mean, you know, my my first year on varsity, we were one in nineteen. You know, so and that was all coaching too. Yeah, that was all coaching too. <laughs> really poor coaching when it comes to that. But the Earl Wouchers and those coaches too, and and being able to reach out to to the younger people. And again, they're not always receptive. Right. Some of the some of the young kids, you know, think they they know what they're doing, and and that that's okay. They can yep. they can do that, and then they don't last very long. But yeah. the ones to sit down and to really talk with and and to go through those things. And for me, you know, it's always the leadership books and some of those things too that mm-hmm. have helped me walk through that. And you know, I'm not in teaching side of things, so more in the business side. So the opportunities mm-hmm. there too. But yeah. yeah. But we, we have, as coaches, we have success, and we keep doing it because of connections, right? Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, for me, when I, I moved up here to Sheldon, didn't know a soul within 100 miles of Sheldon. Well, I knew Kylie, but I didn't know that we were that close. Um, you know, and I worked Northwestern camp with Coach Corver and with Lauren DeYoung and with, yep. with some guys that I got to know really well. And so as I transitioned from an assistant coach to a head coach, you know, I was just lucky that I had these people that I knew that I could talk to. Oh, yeah. Not everyone has that, right? Nope. Like you said, I mean, it's you can be really, really isolated. Yeah, and, I, and I'll put in the plug for young coaches to reach out to guys. Yeah. Um, I've had incredible conversations with guys that I've never met. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I sent them, in, I, I saw their team play. I saw their team do something that I wished our team could do. And I sent them an email. I called them up. And I've had uh, one kind of semi-negative experience in the literally dozens of people that I've called. Uh-huh. And uh, and then some of them have turned into longer mentorships. Uh-huh. And uh, it, uh, it it's a challenge maybe for younger coaches at first because they're intimidated. Uh, they don't know, and they, they're not sure they want to reveal what they don't know. But they're not ever going to figure it out unless they make that phone call. And uh, guys are willing to share. Guys, you know, I I have guys call me and they want to talk about something we do. And I tell them, uh, my first question usually is how much time you got. And, you know, or (laughs) what what time you need to take off. I'll I'll visit as long as you're willing to, you know, to to talk. What what do we need to do? Let's, Let's end on this, guys. Kylie, you brought up the point of, you know, so many coaches leaving the profession, and there's a variety of different reasons. And, and 
and, and for me at the, at the time it was it was a difficult decision to walk away it was the right decision it was the best decision um the two years off after coaching for 24 years straight re you know re-energized me uh but we do see an alarming number of not only coaches but you, you know i'm sure you guys have heard of the the official shortage and and what we're dealing dealing with there and uh, what are things that we can do as fellow coaches to not only keep other coaches in the game, but fight for ourselves? Because I think, how do you say, ninety, an extremely high percentage of us get into this job to help young people to, for the right reasons. We want to be transformational. Now, there's there's a there's a percentage, it's a very small percentage that are just for the wins and the law, or for the wins and the glory and the the trophies and that type of stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it, it's most of us are in for the right. So we sometimes, as coaches, put up with the garbage that we that we have to deal with because we we just feel like. Well, I'm doing this for the right reasons, and then this is just part where we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to, but we shouldn't have to make that ultimate decision of feeling like we have to walk away because that's the only answer we have. So, how do we protect one another? How do we work and and help one another? How do we protect coaches? Um, I've uh, I've always thought one of the things would be, and I've and I've never understood this. Why can't we have multi-year contracts? You know, administrator gets a bug in the ear from a from a booster or whatever, and you know I don't I don't like Yates and that type of thing. So I, you know, I just let Yates go and I hire uh, somebody else because he's we're on perpetual one year contracts. Well, why can't we have a three year contract if you know? And I don't know how exactly that system would work or whatever. And you know, again, I'm just spitballing here, but I've I've just never understood that. That's that's something that would help protect us uh, in that regard. Um, you know. Yeah, what are what are your guys? Uh, yeah. Does my question make sense, or does my statement I, make sense? You know, I th- I think again, a lot of it is. I, I think for me, looking at coaches too, it's it's part of it's the personal development too, and and you see a lot of coaches get into it thinking, boy, I'm going to coach these kids up, and I'm going to make a difference on the court, and and again, how do how do we continue to get those coaches in it for the right reasons? Because mm-hmm. you, you know, I'm sure Yates, you've talked to guys too and you talk to them and 10 seconds into the conversation you know how long they're going to last <laughs> because they're worried about the wins and the losses and you know looking like we're oh we, we we can't lose by this much we can't win by this much or some of those things too so again we got to take the emphasis off ourselves. and how do you put it on the kids i mean how do you put it on the, you're, you're 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 doing things with the kids so for me i encourage coaches too you got to have some personal development when it comes to your teams because if you if you're not having wins on the court, then at least you got wins off the court when yeah. it comes to those things too. Yeah. So what is your how do you be how do you be very precise in what you do on both? Mm-hmm. Um, so you include all those kids that way too. I, I think that's a big part of it for me, and that's the first thing I encourage coaches before we talk X's and O's. What are you doing? What are you doing your stuff off the court now? Christian school, it's not always about devotions and those things, but what are you doing to personally develop your kids and yourself? Because mm-hmm. if you're not growing personally, you're not going to help your kids either that way when it comes to that, whether that's basketball knowledge or, or uh, you know, knowledge in life that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Eric? Whew, that's a big question. 
Um, well, that's why you're here, man. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's why you're getting paid the big bucks. That's right. You know? Um, you know, I think, number one, we're in a relationship business, right? I mean, we're, we're yes, we want to win basketball games. Yes, we want to play well. Yes, we want to get better. But in the end, it's relationships, right? We're at the end of the school year. What are we yep. all going to? Graduation parties, graduations, yep. right? How cool is it going to see a senior at their graduation party, right? Um, you know, I've got a senior graduating right now, and I'm, I had a great group of seniors this year. Um, and, you know, just one that just he doesn't say anything. Great kid, great basketball player, doesn't say a word. And, I mean, like, joy of my weekend was going to his graduation party and asking him a million questions that he had to try and talk. <laughs> I, I, you know, I like, I like to challenge him to see if I can get him to give me two-word answers, right? That's that's my little game I play with him. But that's awesome, right? I mean, those relationships. And so I think it's building those relationships with new coaches. Um, you know, I, I'm the AD at our school, too, so I'm, you know, in a unique situation. Um, where you I'm hiring support people. yourself. Right, yeah, yeah, I mean, right, and I do a great job of that. <laughs> <laughs> Most days. Um, you know, but I think, you know, um, we, we just hired a brand-new girls basketball coach. She's never coached before. She just graduated. Great player at Lamar. She, you know, she played at Warburg for a little bit. I think she's going to do an awesome job, and I'm really excited to get to work with her this winter, but I also am excited to get her hooked up with, uh, you know, someone through the IBCA so she has someone other than me, mm-hmm. you know, because – that that is a different relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, I I'd like to think of myself as a, the boys basketball coach, but I'm also the AD, right? Mm-hmm. And so for her, she needs that other person that she yep. can talk to. That you know, I'd like to think she can tell me anything, but I understand how that works too, right? She ain't um, gonna tell you everything, right? Yeah. And she shouldn't. I mean, yep. she needs to have someone else to talk to, just like we all do. Yep. You know, okay. I I call Lauren DeYoung once every other week. I think to vent about something or vice versa, <laughs> right? Um, you know, we need that person. Yep. And we've got to help young people that are getting into the, the business or the business, getting into the profession, understand, you know, how they can find that person to talk to, that they can throw ideas out. And, yeah, it's just, it, there's a lot to it. I mean, there's not a simple solution. Um, well, and, and as they're talking to them, uh, don't get frustrated. Stay with it. This is not easy. Right. It's not an easy job. No. I mean, when you're sitting in the recliner, uh, on, a, on a Saturday afternoon watching a college football game, it's really easy to coach from there. <laughs> um, and, and I think a lot of people underestimate how difficult this job is. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that's part of the reason why I do what I do with this is to, to be that resource to help people out because it's lonely. It's hard. It's difficult to do. And, and uh, you, you have to have those relationships. And once you kind of guide them through those first – like you said, Kylie, I love that, that the first three years. And once you kind of get, it's just like my dad told me, uh, my dad was a teacher for a long time, and he said, you know, your first three years of being an educator sucks. It, it's it's stuck because you're just trying to figure it out because you have, you have these ideas. And, uh, and I know I had two or three teachers that I wanted to emulate in the classroom. I knew what I wanted my classroom to look like, but I didn't know how to make it be like that. And it took a good three years before I'm like, okay, this is how – this is how I make it work. And I think that's the same way with our coaches as well. I think coaches need to find three people. They need to find a mentor that's already traveled the road ahead of them uh-huh. and that can give them wisdom and ideas. Secondly, they need to find somebody who's traveling the road with them, who's a head coach at the same time, and they're going through the same problems at the, at the same uh-huh. time, that the mentor understands, but... Uh, that happened 20 years ago for them, and so they yep. may don't they they don't maybe feel yeah. like it's that big of a deal anymore, yeah. right? Dick, Dick Jungers is that for me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. then as you travel down the road a little bit, then you find somebody who's coming behind you that then you turn back and mentor yourself. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
multi-year contracts are a good thing. Paying coaches, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure uh, either one of them are going to happen, but I love both of those ideas. Right? <laughs> yeah. But the helping the mentor, helping the mentee in the problem areas, your concerns are parents, your concerns are how you're dealing with your administration and getting them to support. So what are you doing as the coach to build a relationship with the AD and the superintendent that are yeah. going to have to justify the things that you're doing? Um, how are you building relationships with parents and how's your communication going there? And then um, if you have a troubled kid or two in your program, um, that can change the culture of what's happening. And really also what it does is it reduces your ability to have joy as a coach. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. If we have a problem kid or two, we have a problem parent or two, we have a problem administrator, we can win all the games in the world, but we don't have any joy. We don't have any fun coaching. Correct. And we're just, we're just happy when the season's over. Yeah. And so our job as veteran coaches is to try to help those guys. But the finish to this is asking those guys that are new new to the profession to ask for help uh-huh. say i don't yeah. know everything um you know you've you've traveled the road before me what what are what are you doing yeah. that you can assist me with yeah. yeah awesome awesome great way to end it great way to end it uh guys i hope you've had a good time on on yeah. the pod here uh i, I uh Really appreciate you uh, coming out here. Uh, appreciate Chad. Chad's been roaming around here. He's been doing the proprietor thing, checking yeah. in on every table and everything. But uh, I want to thank Chad uh, Lang. And again, if you're ever in in the Northwest Iowa area, it's a you know two blocks south of the 80s or the 1860 Highway intersection there. <laughs> uh, back when I was a kid, that was A and W Root Beer. Hardee's is still there. Oh yeah. Uh, God, what well, used to be on that corner where the Casey's is now? Uh, the fireworks place used to be the Super America. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited uh, to be able to do this back home. Uh, it feels good for me. Uh, you know, I, I still, um, when uh, when my friend Randy passed away a couple years ago, you know, I, I, I felt kind of guilty for not uh, being here as much as I should have when he got sick. Um and I and I, you know, I, I made sure I told my friends that you know, even though I'm I'm not here, there's still a part of me that's still here, yep. and uh, and there always will be. Uh, so I, I appreciate my my Northwest Iowa brethren here for coming out here tonight. I'll take care of this here, as as you know, this is part of your contract and everything. So, oh, wow. uh, uh, Yates was a cheap date tonight. So. <laughs> So far, I think you didn't tell him that so at the start. Far. Yeah, well, hey, Just wait. I, I, I'm I'm paying for the date, and then I got to go have dinner with mom and dad. So, <laughs> so he's on his own after that. But uh, uh, Kylie Yates, head boys basketball coach at South O'Brien. Eric Mason, head boys coach here at Sheldon High School. Jay Skydeman, head girls basketball coach at Unity Christian High School. Thanks again, guys, for coming on. Hope you had a good time. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah, for so, sure. uh, coaches, hope you enjoyed this discussion. Uh, again, thanks to Chad Lang for ho- holding, uh, hosting us here at, at Langer's. Uh, hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>